second Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 24. And the Bibles that you are given as you came in, it's on page 1060, so 1060 if you want to follow along with the Bible. Otherwise, it will be on the screens as well. So Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, he replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to you. My name is Prash. I'm the senior minister. A very warm welcome uh, if you're here for... Uh, for maybe the first time or you're visiting after a period of time, it's great to have you in the building with us. We've enjoyed uh, now three services uh, celebrating Christmas this last weekend, and this is our last one for the weekend, but it is a, it's a great place to finish with you here in the building. And I know there's probably people who are joining us online, and so uh, a shout out to you as well. It's, it's good that you can be with us this Christmas morning. Hands up if you've done presents already in your house. 
Yes, Matt Chase has. Fantastic. A few people have already done presents. I was very impressed that one family with young kids has managed somehow, somehow to resist present opening. We opened presents. We've also had a meltdown. We've eaten chocolate. Um, we've, we've done most things that you do on Christmas by nine o'clock. In fact, one of my children came into the room at 2.30 this morning, asked me whether it was ready, time to get up. I managed to talk them down to 5.30. It's been fantastic. It's been an exciting morning. And I suspect people have opened some uh, pretty shiny gadgets. In fact, I asked someone yesterday, what are they hoping for? They said an Apple Watch. I think they were being optimistic, but we'll see. We'll find out from them later whether that, grant, that was granted to them. Uh, but I guess there's always a warning, isn't it? When you're opening those shiny things, bad things happen. I just want to show you a little video. This is, a, this is not a Christmas moment, but uh, it happened a few years ago, and it's a warning to us all as we unpack our presents later. Could you show us that video, please? If you love your gadgets, you may be one of those people around the world keen to get your hands on the new iPhone 6. Well, Jack Cooksey certainly was, and he queued overnight to become the first person to buy the new iPhone 6 in Perth. He was pretty excited about the whole thing and volunteered to be interviewed by Channel 9 Television about it. And that's when it all started to go a little bit wrong. Let's take a look at what happened next. Okay, now this is just the normal iPhone, is it? This is just the normal iPhone 6. Yeah, I didn't want okay. a bigger one. All right, we're doing the reveal. Ooh. His name's Jack. Get it but be well. careful. Whose keys? Well, I've done Camo's keys. Yeah. All right, that's it. That's it there. All right. Oh, poor Jack. <laughs> I love the BBC. Oh, poor Jack. <laughs> poor Jack indeed. You get shiny things, shiny things break, right? <laughs> I love that. He lined up all night for that. He lined up all night for that. Uh, actually, we just ran a poll before we came in. If you were in the building earlier, this was the poll. Jess, can you pop it up on screen for us? Here it is. It's just you can actually vote. I'll we'll leave it up for a moment if it loads. It is a live poll, and uh, oh, here we go. So the question is, what's the shortest time a Christmas present of yours has lasted before breaking that you can remember? And and 33% of people so far have said less than a day, less than a day. I don't know. I don't know if you're one of those people. Uh, maybe the maybe the pres the question should have been, what's the shortest time? You can remember any Christmas present lasting before it broke, and maybe that number would even be higher. I remember going to a friend's place. He, his, my godson was there. He'd just been given a remote control like plane, and one of our other friends said, can I have a go? And he accidentally flew it straight into a brick wall and broke it. <laughs> Thankfully, it was Boxing Day, so he, flew, he drove straight to JB Hi-Fi and brought, bought a new one. Uh, I love those moments because they actually reveal something to us about Christmas. They bring it front and centre, which is that the Christmas celebration for us is this weird mix of, of joy, expectation, uh, happiness, and also, well, to not put too, too, to not make it too, oh, the numbers are going up, keep voting, uh, the, to not make it uh, too dramatic, the, the, but they are a moment of sadness at times as well. I mean, dropping your iPhone is one thing. Breaking your, some kids' um, remote control is, you know, those are minor things. 
But Christmas is this heady mixture of both joy and sadness. It is actually, in many ways, a very magical moment. We as, we as uh, people who celebrate Christmas in a culture where Christmas is still very much part of our culture, we, we think of Christmas as a magical moment. And, you know, like, that's borne out. Can we pop through to the um, sermon slides for me, Jess? Uh, you know, like, have you, I mean, turn my clicker on. Here we go. You know, we, 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 walk past the, we walk past the beautifully decorated shop windows, even in the southern hemisphere where it's like 40 degrees. We love the snow-covered trees. We love the glitter. We love the, the tinsel and the lights. There's a magic to Christmas. And it's true, I mean, when you're, despite the hints of materialism, when, when your children wake up and they're excited to open presents and there's joy in the house, there's a magic to that. It's true that when you can get family or friends together and enjoy a meal, there's, ma- there's a level of magic to that. And it's true as well, I guess, that at, for us particularly, Christmas is the time of, that coincides with our longest break in the year. It's a chance to stop, to reflect, maybe even to put behind the year that's been. And so it's true that Christmas actually has just a level of wonder and joy and warmth to it that is unique and special and worth treasuring. In fact, I think some of that comes actually from the initial story. As much as we've tried to cast off the Christmas story and the biblical Christmas story as secondary or maybe irrelevant even, I think a lot of the things that our heart is resonating with at Christmas come from that story. We had that story read to us before by Jacinta. And there's so many moments of wonder. There's a star which had never been seen before, that appears brightly, directing and guiding. The whole, the whole, the whole story is the product of, of many prophecies throughout the Old Testament, thousands of years of prophetic writing and speaking coming to a culmination in this moment. There are wise men from the east, from far away. See, this moment is not just for the, for the low, for the intellectually uninformed, But here are the wise men of the time coming. There are shepherds. It is for the working class, so to speak. It is a moment that centers on a baby, which presents opportunity, a a new moment. It presents hope. And And it's a moment that captures the kings of Israel as well. All of this is in the story. And so in some ways, all of the the, the hints of, of wonder and awe that we have in our Christmas story are entirely appropriate. They, they, they speak to and connect with this, this reality of Christmas. But the truth is as well that Christmas is filled with these moments of disappointment, isn't it? These moments of disappointment. Um, Chris... I don't know about you, but you know, we put a Christmas tree up in our house on the 1st or 2nd of December. I've been working very hard, I've been watering it every day, but we're going away for a couple of days later next week. I'm sure when we come back it'll be dead, and then we'll drag that thing out and there'll be more of the tree on the floor than actually ends up in the bin. Ham, I love ham. The first time we crack open a ham you know, and bake it, in Christmas, I love it. But by the time you get to about the 28th or 29th, you're pretty glad that they don't sell ham for the rest of the next 330 days of the year, isn't it? 
And of course, our Christmas celebrations. Gotta love the family, don't we? I mean, there's always someone at the family who you think, why? Why? Maybe you're that person. <laughs> Awkward laugh. Uh, oh, and look, all of those things are actually just minor things. The reality is, for some of us, Christmas is a very sad time. It's a time of deep loneliness, actually. Maybe for you, you're going home today, and there's no one else at home. This is it. We're glad that you're here, but the reality is you're going home to an empty house. Or maybe Christmas is, this is the first Christmas that you're celebrating your, without someone you love deeply. Maybe this is the first time you can't do that tradition that you always did. And so actually Christmas is just a moment of sadness for you, a moment of disappointment. And you know what I want to say to you? We, we had two readings today. We had the reading from Matthew 2, the classic Christmas story, with all the wonder and excitement of the baby. We actually had another reading from the end of Jesus' life, Luke 24. You can tell by the, the number of the chapter there. It's the end of Luke, right at the end. It's one of the last chapters in Luke's story of Jesus' life. And in that moment, there's, we meet disciples who have followed Jesus for three odd years. They wouldn't have met him as a baby, but they had met him as a grown man, and he had had these moments of awe. But when we meet them on the road to Emmaus, here's here's what we're told. They stood still, and their faces were downcast. They stood still, and their faces were downcast. This is a moment of disappointment for them because Jesus was meant to be the shiny present. He was meant to present all of the great hopes. He was the baby, right? He's the renewal moment. But he's died. And these men are disappointed. And I think it's just worth seeing that even in the Bible, there is no stepping away from disappointment. See, at Christmas, you might think the Bible is this escapist story which just talks about little babies in mangers who somehow manage to survive, of shepherds who make their way through, who babies who never cry, amazingly. You might think that's what the Christian story is about, this quaint, unbelievable story. But at the other end of Jesus' life is not just these quaint remembrances, but this moment of deep sadness and disappointment. They stood still, their faces downcast, because all the wonder and hope has been stripped from them. And for some of us, our disappointment isn't just with Christmas, or with the tradition, or what's lost for us. Our disappointment is with God himself. We're disappointed with God. He promised a lot, and he didn't deliver for us. He promised us success, and we are not successful. He promised us He promised us a family and we are alone. He promised us good health and we are ill. And we are disappointed with God. And I want to say to you, the Christmas story is not unsympathetic to you. Because the story of Christ is more than just this person, this baby born with all of, the, all of the magic of a star and a quiet night and shepherds and kings and wise men, the Christmas story is this that comes to this moment. So how does the Bible answer us when it, we meet disappointment? 
How does the Bible answer us? Well, it's really interesting because they are disappointed, but they have met Jesus, even though they don't realize it straight away. And here is what happens when they clearly meet Christ, when they clearly meet Christ. Two things Jesus does for them, to extract them from their disappointment, not simply to point them to a baby in a manger, but here's what he does. Verse 27 in that reading, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him. In other words, Jesus said, meet me in the Bible. Meet me in the Bible. I read an article yesterday by a journalist who um, said he doesn't believe most of what the Bible says about Jesus. Doesn't believe he did the miracles, doesn't believe that he rose from the dead, doesn't believe that most of his teachings were probably not as he said them. He believes he existed and he died. He says, that's enough, actually. We can still have the hope of Christmas, even if we reject everything the Bible says about Jesus. You might like that, because that maybe that fits with where you're at and how much you know of Jesus. But Jesus says that's not how you extract yourself from these moments of disappointment. No, you return to the Bible. Because in the Old Testament and all the way through, God is preparing and telling this story, this immaculate, extraordinary story of Jesus. He doesn't just appear out of nowhere. He's a product of all these preparation and promises. And Jesus, when you meet him in the New Testament, you really understand him only in light of all those things. That's the thing that unpacks the disappointment, says Jesus. And then the, 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 the disciples, he's about to keep going. The disciples say, no, it's late. Come in, come in with me. And you see, as he comes into the house, the second thing that Jesus does for them, which meets their disappointment. It says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. You see, in that moment, Jesus shows him that they're not, shows them that he's, this person who's talking to them is not just some kind of angel, some kind of um, prophet, some kind of teacher. No, no, he is Jesus. He's the risen Jesus. He's doing only what a real person can do, eating with them. And of course, the breaking of the bread, it reminds them actually of a previous moment they've had with Jesus. And their eyes open because they've come to see that Jesus is a risen man. He was dead three days ago, but what has been hinted at and rumoured about is actually true. There he is, risen and in the flesh. And it is only then that their eyes open. It's only then that their hearts are warmed, truly, you see. And Jesus' point is, the real hope of Christmas is not in the helpless babe who lies in a manger, but is in the resurrected king. Of course, the baby in the manger is extraordinary in itself, but there is no hope in a helpless baby. The hope and joy of Christmas comes when you see that that baby grew up he lived a life, a perfect life. He died a death, which he did not deserve, but he died it for you and I. And then he rose again. That's what the scriptures, that's what the whole story is unpacking for Jesus. And see, that's where the power, that's where the hope and the warmth and the real joy of Christmas comes from. We put our Christmas tree up on the first. We decorated it, looked beautiful, we had our lights 
It would be tragic if, you know, last week I said to the kids, hey, let's just pack it up. This tree's wilting a bit. Let's get it out of here before all the pine needles fall off. We'll just, we'll be fine. It'd be tragic because you've done all the preparation and you've never got to the final point of the story, which is celebrating the day. And if you're here today, and you know Christmas is a special thing for you, I'm so glad that you're here with us. But I want you to get to the end of the story. I want you to get to the end of the story and meet the real Jesus. And he is far more, he's far more than this baby in a manger, as great and wonderful and heartwarming as that is. He's the risen Christ. And uh, when you meet him, your hearts will be warmed. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this Christmas, another reminder of your graciousness and kindness to us. But as we gaze, gaze on the picture and the message and the story of the Lord Jesus, born as a human baby in a manger in the small town of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, Would you remind us that his story actually culminates in an empty grave where he conquered death and sin and he brought us home to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.